guys, this is Ashley Malia, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. All right, everyone, welcome back to a brand new edition of Interview Under Fire. This is once again your host, Sunny, and with me today is the insanely talented Ashlyn Malia. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Ashlyn, uh, this is an exciting time of the year for you with the release of your brand new debut studio EP, uh, Rather Be Alone, which drops soon on June 25th through Julian Records and The Orchard. And first things first, I just want to commend you on all of the well-deserved recognition it's been getting so far, especially with those singles that dropped uh, Open, Emergency, and Desperate so far. Shout out to the other revered publications like American Songwriter and Atwood and Flaunt, to name a few who've praised your work. Plenty of amazing things to unravel about this EP and what you're all about. Uh, but before we get to all that and beyond, I know we talked about it before the interview started. Uh, you know, now that we're kind of just getting back into the you know normality of things, how are you? It's a simple question, but an important one to ask. You know, have things been for you as of late? What has Los Angeles been like for the last six months? Oof. Um, <laughs> Putting you on the spot on the, on the, on, right when we start things off. <laughs> oh, great. Good question. First of all, I'm very flattered by that whole introduction. Um, uh, it, there, it's been a roller coaster, honestly, because like at any given moment, if someone asks me, how, how are you? I could be like, I'm on top of the world or I'm not good. <laughs> you kind of um, have to go through that mentally. It's like, hmm, how am I? I have to think about that for a second, it, right? But no, today today feels good. Um, it's hot here, like really hot. But yeah, Los Angeles just kind of like opened up again. So it's been kind of weird because like some places I go and people aren't wearing masks anymore. Um, right. But yeah, it's been good. I've honestly like throughout the whole pandemic, I kind of was able to find some of the silver linings in just like being isolated, uh, not being able to do work the same way I used to. It kind of allowed me to transition into like a... Um, a career and just lifestyle that kind of fit me more without having to live up to a bunch of other people's standards, right. which was nice. So now like that everything's kind of like going back to the way it used to be. I'm trying to like remind myself like, no, like you have to like kind of value yourself a little bit more than you used to because you know it works for you this way. And it's like a, it's definitely a new journey and a new lesson that I'm implementing, but it's going well so far. Yeah, I know that, that that's an uh, easier said than done process because I mean, with the last I can't believe I'm even saying like a year and a half. Uh, a lot of people have been really obviously showing their true colors and uh, making the best of the situation is what we're doing. And uh, I, something I want to do here, I, I do want to want to clock, clock back here, Ashlyn, to several yeah. years to maybe even almost a decade to let's let's pick 2013 just randomly, because for fans and listeners who may not know, if you could just briefly talk about that moment in your life that led to the beginning of your journey on being introduced to the entertainment industry at the age of 12 into who you are today. I mean, here's the thing. it's It's been quite the journey. Does it feel like everything kind of just went by in a blink at the same time? <laughs> uh, sometimes, yeah. We're only like 10 minutes in. I'm already blowing your mind here. <laughs> like, how did you know that? Um, <clears throat> that was, like you said, definitely like the start of the journey. Um, when I was 12 years old, I booked a job as basically the face of the brand Kids Bop. Um, so me and a couple other kids were the face of that brand for three years. We- I was waiting for that. I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> we were in all the commercials, all the music videos, and then we toured and we sang on all of the um, albums. 
but yeah, we toured for three years. We did like 60 shows a year. Um, it was, a, it was a lot, but it was a great learning experience. Um, it How old were you? I was 12 when it started okay. and 15 when it ended. Man. Um, yeah. I spent a lot of birthdays on stage, which was nice. Um, one year I definitely, uh, my 15th birthday, I definitely spent at a Sesame street theme park. Uh, I remember that vividly. <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely the start of just like me knowing that I wanted to do music and pursue yeah. that as a career. And I didn't know exactly how yet, honestly, I was very much into songwriting. I kind of wasn't like, I loved performing, but I'm like, maybe I don't want a job in the spotlight. I don't know. And like, even now I'm 20 and things can change in a year. Like I can just like, my preferences could change, but right now I definitely want to be an artist. I love songwriting. It has been my, you know, therapy for years. And it's just like the whole blend of like performing, touring, traveling, singing, being in music videos, just being that whole artist started there for me. And this is the journey it's taken me on. Here's the thing, as you're telling me this, you know, if you were to tell, I don't know, a 10 year old me, hey, you'll be on Sesame Street, like uh, celebrating your 15th birthday, or, you know, that that park and telling someone that just telling anybody around that age, that'll I mean, that's going to make their universe, right? Like now, as you're talking about it, would you ever relive that experience again? Because that's a lot of exposure within those, what is it, 12 to 15, 16, like, you know, you're away from, you know, being in the household, like kind of just being a normal kid, so so to speak, but you're, you're touring, you know, you're, you're, you're going to these places, these venues, performing with many different people. Would you ever relive that again? I probably, I don't think I'd relive that exact job again. Hmm. It was amazing for what it was at the age I was and for what I knew at the time. Um, and I would never trade that experience for the world, but I think I would not relive that exact experience again because I was almost like an employee for a company. So I had a specific role to play. And right. I think now, like who I am now definitely wants to do the touring thing and the performing and the recording albums and all that stuff that I loved so much with that brand, but more on my own terms, expressing myself and who I am and using it almost as a tour for a tour a tool for self-exploration instead of just like performing as the face of a, another brand. But yeah. I, will say, <laughs> I will say what I liked about it at the time was that like, I didn't have a big ego because like, it wasn't me and the other kids who were famous. It was the brand. So like, it wasn't like I became this like child star at 12 years old. Like I just learned how to perform and work and, you know, be on sets and all that kind of stuff without having to handle quote-unquote yeah also you could say something something like you know if, if it wasn't for the way you experienced the way exactly when you probably wouldn't be who you are today you know that's another way to look at it kind of like a blessing in disguise to to a certain to, so to a certain extent now you're talking about touring uh because you kind of helped me transition into this you know i always ask i love asking this question now because of how far removed we are from that live concert experience, right? How was the live music experience for you personally, Ashlyn? Because you've done some extensive touring. You toured the country, as a matter of fact. And now we've all been kind of just forced to take to take this, you know, unexpected step back. And I don't know, has this time lately made you develop a growing appreciation of that live concert experience? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was I at a show every so week much. before all this went down. I don't know about you. <laughs> I missed so much. I was, uh, oh, my God. Well, I was 
performing all the time and also just traveling all the time um, before the pandemic. And I would go to different shows, you know, when I had free time, it was like a, a thing for me and my friends to do. And it was just like any, every single concert experience I've ever been to just like is magical for me. Even if like, I don't know the artist or I'm, even if I'm not even like out, outside of that situation, like the biggest fan of them, just like hearing people sing or play live is just like another feeling. I'm transported to like an alternate universe and I'm just happy and very much alive. And I miss it so much. Yeah, and you kind of just checking that mental list off of my head, exactly what I was I was going through. What was the last show you were, you were, you were at? Can you remember that? <laughs> Um, man that's crazy we have to think about it now isn't that insane sorry i think i interrupted you there no but you're right okay um the last show i was at was a concert i and i all i remember is that like okay my friend and i just like found it we were we were just we had nothing to do that day and we're just like i want to listen to live music and at the time i was Mm -hmm. 18 so uh there weren't a lot of um 18 plus venue like random venues to go to any night yeah it was mostly like 21 plus so we were like scrambling to find an 18 plus venue and we did and i just remember the opener was remy wolf and i'm like a huge fan of her now and that was like that was like when i first heard her i'm like oh my god this girl's like a vibe i'm obsessed with her (laughs) I i didn't listen to her music afterwards like an idiot and then a couple months later i'm like wait this is the girl from the show. <laughs> and I started listening to her like over and over again. Uh, I can relate to that. Like it's time to try to get into a venue where, you know, the, like the age limit is there. And then once you actually start to hit, it's like, huh. It, once you get to that age, like 21 and up, it's like, so this is what it feels like. It's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> but, I, but, but I don't think you have to worry about that. You kind of, you're kind of already living that like life anyway. Cause yeah. I mean, and, going forward, go ahead. And like for life too, just like, tour itself is not the most like kid friendly <laughs> no, of course not and and you know we talked about touring and this has been a commonality on interview under fire i'm sure it is for other publications for the last again year and a half i sound like a broken record when i say that but i want to get your take on this because there's no wrong answer to what you're about to, you're about to say because this question mm-hmm. i'm about to ask i've asked every artist this question and they've had so many different perspectives because you don't know what it's going to be like going forward and you've seen this for the last year live streaming a lot of the bands i think you've done live streaming too i think back in december i believe and a lot of the bands artists what they do on stage they're taking it on the screen like we're doing obviously these interviews would usually be in person but do you think that the rise of the quarantined induced live streaming that we saw for the last year and a half and still seeing is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective like you know has it already been affected do you still see bands and artists doing something like this even you know we approach December or even 2022? Yeah. I definitely think that live stream concerts has its benefits, Mm -hmm. especially for like fans of artists that can't necessarily be in crowds or can't go to concerts. It's definitely like, um, it's, it's helpful in accessibility. And I think that that's something that we should kind of like remember and value and be like, okay, well, for the people that can't necessarily attend concerts and do that kind of stuff, live stream is very important. But I don't think it's going to ruin like the live performance industry, especially with all of the people who are just like so anxious to get back into a concert venue and to hear their favorite musicians live. And for musicians that are just like dying to play live again, like I 
personally don't think that there's ever going to be something that replaces the feeling of live music. Of course. Live music doesn't for me. Um, not at all. It's great. And I'm glad that it exists, but I want to be back in the room with people. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, there's that freedom to like go crazy in your own room and mosh and do whatever you want. Right. But how much longer can you do that for? You do the live streaming and then I feel like you kind of hit that, you know, there's that creative barrier. Okay. Now what do we do? Cause I've yeah. had so many artists who say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It still gives me a chance to engage with my fans. And some artists would say, Oh, I'm not doing anything until all this is over. And uh, uh, you nailed it right on the head because uh, I'll tell you what I did. I, I went to this Metallica live streaming event back in August. I don't know if you knew about this. They did it for one weekend. I think they did it most of the States. It was just for one weekend and Dallas sold out uh, mm. immediately. Luckily my friend had a ticket. I'm like, okay, sure. I'll go. I mean, I don't know what to expect. You get there and it feels like the, it feels like an actual show. You get there. It was a great turnout. People are getting drinks and all that stuff. You're, and then you finally sit down in your car and you're like, wait, something seems off. And then yeah. I remember this, you know, three days grace open. And uh, what would that adrenaline rush when you feel on stage, right? You see just that see those sea of fans, their hands are up in the air. Instead, yeah. what do we get? We just hear, hey, let me hear you honk your horns, guys. So if you rolled around your window, you yeah. just hear cars <laughs> honking just in the in silence. It felt so awkward. I mean, the point of the point of me saying this is just that you know it just makes me mix that miss that experience even more it was nice at the time like you said i think it's really great that talented people like you and other artists have been staying busy during this time and it, it kind of gives people something to do until we get back like you said we can't replace the you know the live experience with anything else that's just what it is you know so good that there are alternatives yeah definitely and uh uh, let, let's. I know we talk about everything from head to toe. Let's talk about that new EP, Rather Be Alone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you took a sip of that because I'm going to make you, I'm going to put you on the spot here again because this is great stuff. Uh, Rather Be Alone drops June 25th on Julian Records and The Orchard. Now, I do want to mention this. As I'm telling you this, I know the numbers are still growing. You have amassed, what, nearly over 100,000 followers on TikTok, 26,000 followers on Instagram. 414,000 streams on Spotify with your debut single Desperate, nearly 100,000 views on YouTube. And people who don't know, Desperate is actually also heard on the stand that show on CBS. Pressure, Ashlyn, does that word ever seep in your head when you hear and see numbers like that? The only word in my head for the past two weeks. You hit the nail right on the head, like you oh, said. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I just... Really? Okay. I just love this EP so much and I just want it to do well. And I want it to do well for me and for the other talented people that put their hearts and souls and time and energy into it. Like I want all of us to just like be able to celebrate it and coming out the other end of just like the preparation for releasing this. I'm just like, at some point, like I have no control what happens and how people receive the EP. And that's one of the risks you take as an artist, putting your work out into the world for everybody to hear. Like everyone's allowed their own opinion of it. Um, and there's just some things that like I can't force. Um, but yeah, I think going into release week, I just want to like be surrounded by like the people I love and the people I'm inspired by and be like, hey guys, like I'm proud of this. And this is, you know, piece of my soul here. And I'm just going to celebrate it for what it is. And I'm just proud of making it and turning it into something real. 
yeah, we're what a week away from this. I mean, this is. Oh. I mean, it's it's always nice to have something like this to look forward to. And oh yeah, and and if I may, Ashlyn, top to bottom, I'm gonna go and do a quick review in here because I'm gonna lose my mind if I don't say it because. This is definitely one of the more authentic like singer songwriter outputs that I've ever come across in recent memory. I mean, mix of R&B, pop, uh, there were distortions in there. I mean, from someone who grew up on rock music, that was like perfect hip hop. There was art pop. I even got like, uh, maybe I'm reaching here, but early Mar Mar Mariah Carey sounds as I'm listening to this vibe of vibes oh. of like, you know, melancholic hooks there. There were catchy verses there it was also cinematic like i said i did film school for three years out in la so that definitely you know resonated with someone like me but it also had a modern modern twist of you know everything that you are which makes you stand out from that saturated field of the singer songwriter realm in the genres that i mentioned i mean you have that unparalleled vocal range and it definitely went above and beyond you know songs like open the temporary emergency to what happened, which is my personal favorite, Desperate Alone. I don't care who you are. I mean, if you're going to put out a debut record, this is how you do it. You really have, you know, something unique happening here. So walk me through this, Ashley. You know, how much did things change from when you first started composing on this album to where you ended up finishing it? You know, did a lot change in between? Did nothing? Was there already a specific sound you knew you had in mind with Rather Be, Rather Be Alone? You're ready to, like, explode right now, aren't you? I because you... <laughs> You literally just gave me like the perfect intro to this because the fact that you said what happened is your favorite song makes me really happy, but also laugh because that's the song that changed the most. Wow. Oh my gosh. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, it's case yeah. in point. So let's, let's tell the story. Um, so to start, I really didn't have much of an idea of the sound of the EP when I wrote it. I was mm -hmm. like, I wasn't, I'm still not a great producer on my own. <laughs> um, I was never like, I was never drawn to production in general. I was very much into writing and then sometimes songwriting. And then like that songwriting, you know, took over and I play instruments. And so everything, every single song that I wrote on CP, I wrote on an instrument or I wrote, wrote with just like a chord progression in mind. And then I started to hear some things here and there, but like overall sound didn't really come about until I started producing the songs with my two incredible producers, Andrew and Kobe. And yep. the first song that we did together was What Happens. Um, and that was the song that like we needed to do in order to figure out our sound for the rest of the other songs. It was like this fully produced song with like drums and a bunch of different instruments and like a ton of like background vocals that we'll like make fun of now. Cause we're like, why did we choose that? Like, why do we think that was <laughs> So like we were all like kind of trying to figure out how to work together and how to blend our sounds because my producer Andrew is like very much like folk Americana. My other producer Kobe is full on like electronic pop. So we're just like, what are we doing here? We know that we could figure something out. We can figure out a way to make our sounds go together really well and in a super unique way, which I'm glad we managed to do. But what happened was like our first pass at it and it was rough. And so we put that song on the back burner for a while. I came to them with Desperate. And that flowed so easily. We're like, oh, I know exactly what I want to do with this. We made the sounds ourselves. Um, like, you know, Andrew found this like stick when he was on a hike and it had these like seeds in it or something. When you shake it, you know, it makes a cool sound. Or like I bit a carrot and we turned it into a I was going to ask about that. Which, yeah. <laughs> which one was it where you, where you bit the carrot? And, it, and I was hearing for it. I was like, wow, they really. Yeah. Uh, uh, there was also one where it was like, a, what was it? It was like a, it was a clock ticking. Yep. Alone. Um, okay. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> um, so we put what happened on the back burner for a while, didn't revisit it at all. We did open, 
then we did temporary. Um, and then we did alone. And then we're like, okay, should what happened even go on this EP? It sounds nothing like the other songs. <laughs> so we tried to kind of like rework it to like have some of the sounds. And we're just like, no, it's not working. It's not working. It's not working. And one time, one day I go to the studio and Kobe's like, okay, Ashlyn, hear me out. What if <laughs> we just completely scrap all of the production of what happened and make it just an acoustic like you and a guitar and like that's it and i'm like sure <laughs> wow when was that, this how long ago was this 2019 okay okay wow uh, yeah 2019 like late 2019 we did that and we're just like wow we're, we're about to scrap five months worth of production um to make this song very plain and it's the whole sound of it is inspired by this thing that I used to do on Instagram every night, Instagram stories. I did this thing called midnight singing where at midnight, I just like post a video of me at my piano or at my guitar, just singing. Um, and it was kind of something I did for my own benefit to start to appreciate my voice a little bit more because coming off of like tour and stuff, you know, I was having to sing and sound like the artists that I was covering. And sometimes I did it and it kind of ruined my confidence. So this was my way of, um mm. figuring out how to like my voice again and it turned into this series that people would watch every night and so kobe's like why don't we just turn what happened into a reference to that like sing it the way you would sing on your midnight singings every night and so i did and it was just like very much from the heart very intimate and we all thought it wouldn't be anybody's favorite song and everybody we've shown maybe like, what happened is just my favorite <laughs> <laughs> how many times have i said wow as you were describing just everything you're talking about because that that, that kind of uh, that kind of serves as a testament to what you've done um and people who don't know andrew white's i think that's how you say his last name yeah. kobe berman the mm -hmm. producers uh, i love that you talked about how you had that sense of comfortability in the studio as you're yeah. as they were helping you work on this did you know that it was on the stand like was it something that a friend told you was it just oh. I mean, that's that was a whole licensing thing. So of course I knew. I knew months before. Okay, okay. Yeah, because they had to like ask me, and there was all this paperwork and legal stuff I had to figure out for the first time, which was a lot. But I'm glad I know it now because yeah. Um, but I remember the day it came out. It was very surreal. I was at my parents' house, um, and it was just like on the TV. And I sat there and like watched the show, <laughs> and that's my voice. That's the song that I wrote at the piano over there. And it's on the show and I like started tearing up a little bit because it was so cool. Oh man. Uh, like I, as you're like talking about that, that illustration kind of just seeps into my head and with, with the sound that you talked about, you know, the production, I'm, I'm kind of an audiophile these days, but for me, as I was listening to this, I didn't have to press any EQ buttons because of how well this was all put together. Like it sounded so polished, but it sounded very pure and from the heart. Like I heard everything. I, I think you're about to say something there. Go ahead. I was just gonna say how talented my producers are. That's all. <laughs> oh yeah! Shout out to freaking Andrew and Kobe. I mean, they, they murdered I mean, that. They man, I keep that going because you guys have built something special here. Uh, I, I can't wait to see what the future holds. Now, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like you just talked about, you said it yourself. Songwriting is my time to be a drama queen. If I'm, if I'm correct, <laughs> you did say that. Now, yes, this is a very personal album for you i want to make sure that people out there know that because the lyricism uh throughout rather be alone you know the origins of that center around your personal experiences with 
uh, social anxiety and the human connection of all kinds, which is it's not the easiest thing to do, to, like the topic to talk about, especially at a time like today. It really resonates with a lot of people and people who are listening. If you don't believe me, go to YouTube and read the comments and you'll see what I'm talking about. You know, you have a song like Open, which is about the, um, the, the fear and of being vulnerable with others and the consequences it may bring. And then you have a song like Emergency, which is about wanting but not needing people and and being able to prioritize your own peace when it comes to relationships i begin to think Ashton, like if there was a theme to this ep and if that's true you know how important are themes to you like to a level do you like to have something like that for your music is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience because a lot of artists they don't really care about themes they just do 10 songs in the studio and that's it but i felt like with with this album with rather be alone you really honed in to that identity I don't know. I'm just a fan out there saying that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And you're right, um, especially for this EP. I mean, this is my first EP, so I guess I don't have much of a pattern when it comes to the work I put out. I have three songs out. <laughs> um, but oops, just moved the computer back. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm definitely a very theme-oriented person when it comes to the songs I write and the work I put out. And I really wanted Rather Be Alone to have a cohesive theme and to tell a story. The order of the songs is very important to me. Um, I feel like it kind of just like goes on a bit of a trajectory to like me, like starting to kind of be like, okay, like I'm trying, I'm trying to open myself up to these new people, these new experiences. And then here's all the shit I go through. And then here's my conclusion, <laughs> which is, you know, if this is what I have to do for love, then I'd rather be alone. Um, and so I think maybe maybe it's theme, maybe it's storytelling. Because mm -hmm. when I'm writing songs, especially now, I've kind of really analyzed that process as I've been writing more stuff for the future. Yeah, that works too, as storytelling. Sort of yeah, because I sometimes, I like my songs to go places. Like I don't want to be at the same spot I was at the beginning of the song by the end. I want to have reached some kind of new conclusion I want to have told some kind of story, become a different person, just stuff like that. Cause I feel like that's very much a theme in my life. I watch how I change as a human being very closely. And I watch how the relationships in my life um, affect me. And so I like to use songwriting to almost document. Yeah. Do you, would it be safe to say that you see Rather Be Alone as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time in your life looking back? Absolutely. And it's not where I am now, to be honest. Hmm. Um, it's where I was when I was 17 and 18. Um, I think I wrote what happened when I was 16. Um, and then I wrote the last song on like the last of the um, songs when I was 18. So it's very much a snapshot of like that time in my life. But since then, we had a whole pandemic. And I've <laughs> right. had like a whole I've had so many new experiences and so many learning experiences since since then and the songs i've written since then are completely different from rather be alone like it's kind of insane um which is awesome because that like whatever i put out next will document this time in my life and i'll probably not be there anymore by the time it comes out and everything comes out so much later than it's supposed to you know because yeah but i it's it's still insanely honest um it's almost like i'm reading a diary of you know the person of the person i was a couple years ago and completely honest I didn't change the words to like polish it or make it seem different than it actually was it's very much it's very authentic and like you said a snapshot of the person I used to be
almost jinxed you there. I was going to say authentic right, right then. Um, you know, as you're telling me this, having said all that, can this also serve as a, I don't know what you can, I cannot say, can this serve as a sneak peek on what's to come in the future for you regarding, I don't know, full length studio album, perhaps? Considering the songs that we're in the studio making right now, no, <laughs> it sounds so different. Like this, I was like rolling my hands. I was like, "Oh, okay, we got to be good." <laughs> okay, our sound, our sound is still there. It's just what the songs are about now is a little bit different, and yeah. we're definitely exploring some new genres while trying to maintain this, like the sound that we've kind of like the core sound that we've created with "Rather Be Alone." Like this is definitely my sound. It's just it's going to evolve. Yeah. Oh gosh. See, I can't wait to hear like what you have coming up in the future. Now you talk about like the sound and uh, uh, you derive your influences from, you know, Lord and FKA twigs, just to name a couple off the bat. Great artists. I mean, I, if anyone is listening, just do a tour at this point, like, because this will be the perfect compliment to everything that you're putting out. And, you know, uh, something that also comes to mind, you know, being young and, you know, being a woman in this, music genre where there's you know so much being thrown at you left and right there's competition there's labels fans even and with a lot of the more younger female musicians aspiring to step onto the scene you know what advice would you have ashton for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps um i'm gonna give the advice that i'm giving myself right now because part of me knows better than you know the insecurity I feel on a day-to-day basis and the feelings of lack that tend to like plague me when I think about my career sometimes and so I'll give you the advice I'm trying to give myself which is there is room for everybody and if you're telling yourself there isn't then you are limiting yourself and you're limiting what you are capable of and what other women in this industry are capable of Um, and I think it's really really important to respect the people that are standing up there next to you and the people that came before you and then also respect the people that are gonna come after you. And with that respect, make sure that it, you're acknowledging that like showing love and support to the other people around you doesn't diminish your power in any way. It almost makes it stronger. You know, from the different experiences and uh, perspectives in your timeline that we have taken and which we have discussed about, you know, performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with during this record, and including your childhood and your upbringings, which I'm glad you told me about that. That was great. That was, <laughs> I, I thought that was a quite, a quite a surprise starting this interview off. You know, your relationship with your producers and the fans and this pandemic we're all in. It sounds like you still have much left to put out there with your art- artist- artistic vision and I'm excited to see, you know, where you go from here. This is definitely something that you have a passion for and you've oh, yeah. experienced plenty already in your career, Ashlyn. And then some, you mm-hmm. know, have you talked about, you know, uh, setting the step or setting the, you know, the precedent for younger musicians, younger singers coming into the scene, have your aspirations as an individual or a musician. I'm sure if, if they have changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry, like, do you see things differently today? Absolutely. Um, I really, I definitely see things differently. I definitely want something different for myself. When I, when I left um, Kids Bop, I thought I just wanted to be a songwriter. I'm like, I'm probably gonna be one of those people that stays behind the scenes. It was kind of because I didn't like how my voice sounded. Um, so I'm like, okay, great, that's the safe option. I'll just be the songwriter so that I never have to face that insecurity or fear of singing live again. Um, 
but you know, I kind of grew to love that, which was something I didn't, I wasn't able to predict. And so that expanded my horizons, just like practicing a little more self-love and the way I figured out how changed everything for me because then like then the limits were gone then I'm like oh I could also do this I could also do this dude I want to be a novelist someday I don't I don't know I just I I'm I'm really just trying to remind myself that I can do anything um and so I think that's the biggest thing that's changed since like from the beginning to now is just like my um my mindset of just being like, yeah, you can do anything you want to do yeah. capable of anything. You can learn anything. You can improve on anything. You can create anything. So it's a little cheesy, but it's sometimes it's okay to be cliche. I'm just going to okay say that. And I'd, I'd rather be happy. So, yeah, I, I think it's also important, you know, um, to the more successful you are, I think it's important. I think it's easy to lose track of yourself. The more successful you are. Um, you know, I come from a family of musicians, you know, my mom's a singer, my, both of my brothers are, are musicians and almost every instrument out there. And, you know, uh, you get all the success and you kind of almost lose track of yourself on why you're doing what you're doing. I think it's also important to kind of just push everything back just for a second, kind of just, just exhale, you know, and kind of just remind yourself why you're doing what you're doing and then go back into it. It's like, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is the way I want to do it. Um, I don't know if that resonates with you. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming it does considering, you know, I mean, growing up, like being exposed to the industry, the way you have been, it's not, you know, it's not easy. And here you are. I, I don't want you to lose track of that, you know, because you're, you're doing something amazing here. And we've seen other kid stars, technically kid stars, not, you know, follow that path. You know, they kind of just fall off the rail and you don't hear from them again, but you're on such a great like momentum at this point. And I do begin to think that, you know, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, first of all, I definitely needed to hear that today. So thank you so much for saying those kind things. Um, and if I wasn't, if I wasn't doing music right now, I'd probably still be at, like, I guess I still am. Um, but before this, I was a professional dancer before quarantine. That was my whole life. Uh, did you dance in? I think you know this was coming. You, you were in music videos for Justin Bieber and Taylor Swift. Yeah. That is that yeah. is that where it all started, and then kind of just that kind of grew from there. So that's where it. I wouldn't say that's where it started. I'd say that's where it ended. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay. Ending sounds so wrong to me. I'm still a dancer through and through. I still love dance, but I'm trying to really blend it with music and not just do dance anymore. Yeah, but I, I which you can. Like, Everyone, oh, yeah. I mean, there's a way to do that. Anyway, yeah, you are doing it. Um, I love dance so much and I still take classes and like work for my mentors and other people, you know, here and there. Um, but it started... I started getting really into dance um, when I was about 16. And funny enough, like it was when I, it was when I was right about to quit that one of my mentors found me and she's like, I want to mentor you. And that is what started everything for me. And I'm really grateful that I met my mentors when I did. And like, they trained me, gave me jobs, like incredibly grateful for all of those experiences, even though I never could have predicted being a professional dancer, because I literally thought I was going to stop dancing and just do, pursue music full time. But 
like now like it helped me find my voice it helped me find some of my greatest friends in the world it helped me find my artistry it helped me find a whole new creative outlet that I could use if you know music wasn't feeling right for me on a certain day or writing wasn't yeah. feeling right for me. so very grateful for that and I'd probably be doing that more full-time if I wasn't doing music and then I'd probably pursue writing in other ways like writing books or poetry or stuff like that um, we've been throwing cliches throughout this entire interview. I'm going to throw another one to finish things off here because okay. you have to have, okay, before you believe in yourself, you have to have other people believe in you. And mm-hmm. I think that's very important case in point, what you just talked about. Um, oh, yeah. but, mm-hmm. uh, anyway, Ashlyn, this has been such an honor. I, I don't know what else we haven't talked about at this point. I'm sure I can't, I can't wait to do another interview with you in person, yeah. hopefully when, when okay. touring resumes, um, awesome. I'm going to end things off on a really cool note here um usually i ask my guests like what are their favorite so and so but since we kind of did touch on movies barely and i know we're in the music realm do you have five favorite albums or movies you can think of at the top of your head you can pick either one or both again i'm putting you on the spot i've been putting you on the spot this entire time <laughs> oh I, I love it it's a, it's a fun game for me my, my mind is going like this right now this is great okay i'm gonna do albums because okay. to be honest I am really not well-versed in movies. For some reason, TV just isn't it for me sometimes. And I haven't watched a ton of the movies that everyone's like, you haven't watched that movie? So I'll do album. Fair enough. Um, Melodrama by Lord. Oh, gosh. You got to put that on there. Stranger in the Alps, Phoebe Bridgers. Okay. Um, I'm going to have to oh. mark this on my list. Okay, yes. Blonde, Frank Ocean. Oh, wow. Okay, I have two more, right? Yeah. Let me think. You can also you can also call out albums you're currently listening to. I mean, you can do that. It's <laughs> up to you. <laughs> Honestly, Future Nostalgia, Dua Lipa, one of the best pop albums I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So definitely. So good. Um, and Plastic Hearts, Miley Cyrus. Man, so all five, I can I can definitely see. Like, I think it shows how impressive your whole catalog is when it comes to getting your influences on. Now I'm kind of now I really have to see what you have coming up in the futures because I feel like you could take a blend of all that and kind of just make a whole new dimension of music with, again, uh, bring uh, uh, your producers on board with that. Andrew, Kobe, I yeah. know you're listening to this. Don't stop working with Ashley. You guys have something amazing here. Um, but uh, again. <laughs> yes. And uh, Ashley, do you have any last words, any shout outs, anything you like to plug in or mention for mm-hmm. Rather Be Alone before we finish things off here? I know, I know touring is coming back. I don't know. Do you have a Do you have something regarding that coming up? I don't know. A live stream, a new music video coming soon. Yes, I have a new <laughs> video coming soon, and I'm very excited about it because I'm blending the two things I love most in this world. I'll leave Which it are? Oh, okay. I don't <laughs> know if you mentioned that. Okay, that's that's great. Um, sorry, that was that. That's a lot that um to look forward to. But everyone who's listening, this is Ashlyn Malia. Rather Be Alone drops June 25th on Julian Records and The Orchard. Um, Ashlyn, you be safe out there in L.A. Uh, look forward to the day we can do another interview, do a follow-up, and talk about when we did the this interview during the pandemic, which is hopefully yes. soon. And everyone who's listening, this, this interview will be heard on every major podcast stream. Check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Uh, Ashlyn, thank you again from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Congratulations on everything that you're doing. Keep it going. And I'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much. I had a great time.
Hey guys, thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.